When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man What's up, three bees, diamond dogs? Baseball hamsters, it's Rhea Butcher, your host. Sorry it's been a minute. I've had to take care of, oh, myself for a little bit. So I need a little bit of a break from the podcast. So I appreciate you hanging in there. I think I've said this every week. (laughs) I do appreciate that. Um, And thanks for being back, listening to this episode, which is going to just be me talking again with a couple ad breaks. I hope everybody's into that. I kind of like it. Um... Let's see. I'm trying to remember, you know, I don't go back and listen to my own episodes. Who does that? I'm sure people do. I don't. I'm already listening to myself talk right now. I don't really want to do that again. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe it could be good for me because I wouldn't repeat information, but I'm still thinking about the baseball for all nationals and how wonderful that was. Can't remember if I talked about it, so I'm going to talk about it kind of like I haven't. Shout out to, I believe it was James and Scott. Sorry if I got your names wrong, my dudes. I forgot to write it down. Um, And I believe James brought a friend and or partner named Sketch, which I thought was a great name. Uh, She, they were also there. Um, And they came to the Baseball for All because I mentioned it on the podcast. See how this stuff works. See how grassroots movements happen. You talk about a thing. You tell people about a thing. You tell people how much you like that thing and how much you would love it if they went and supported that thing. And guess what? Some people do. And I'm sure there were more people there that I didn't know about because they, uh, I did see some Instagrams from people. These are just two people, three people that I ran into. So this is how you grow a thing. Somebody, um, I posted about my baseball league on Instagram and they were like, how does somebody start an adult or how does somebody find an adult recreation baseball team? And I said, you build one. Now, I don't want to take a ton of credit for building the baseball team or league that I participate in because a lot of people in that league and on other teams have done a lot more of the harder work to grow the thing. But I will say that just like when it started out, my friend Alice Wetterland, comedian and host of Treks in the City, uh, who just recorded a special, by the way. So when that comes out, please support that because she's a wonderful human being and a great catcher. Um, and just a wonderful teammate in on the field and in life. <laughs> um, and to that person, I said, like, you just, you find people that like to play baseball and you go, do you want to play baseball? And they say, yes. And you say, can you find some more people to play baseball? Cause you need like, you know, 18 people minimum. Cause all you think about, you have to focus small. You got to think about smallness to begin with. Cause it's, it's, you can't, and this applies to everything. So I'm just giving you life advice at this point. If you want to build something, whether it's a baseball team or a baseball league or a political movement or 
I don't know, a gathering of human beings that happens regularly. You just got to find enough people to do it once. You don't think about how do we get a league? How do we get a field? How do we get all that? You just think, how can I get 18 people together? How can we play a baseball game together in three Saturdays from now? That's what you do. Because if you can get those 18 people to that field to play baseball on Saturday, you play baseball. Then when everybody's done, you go, that was a lot of fun. Do you guys want to do this again? And then they say yes. And then you say, okay, can you find some more people? And then you just grow the thing until you have enough people to fill out four teams. And then you get enough people that there's extra people for those four teams. And then you say, we're going to play every Saturday. We're finding a field. And then you find a field. You look up your local municipal uh, website for like parks and recreation. You find out baseball fields. You pick up a phone or you drive to the place. That's something we found out here in Los Angeles is you have to physically go to the places a lot. And like, hey, I know a lot of us have social anxiety. I have it sometimes too. But the best way to work on social anxiety is stuff like this. Low stakes. Very low stakes. Something you want to do. It's not something you have to do. So you get in your car, you drive down to the thing and you say, hello, my name is so-and-so and I was calling about a permit. And then you talk to that person and you might not be able to get a permit from there, but they'll probably tell you another place and you ask them, hey, is there another place that I can get a permit for? And that's how you do this. You build it. I think it's very easy sometimes to be crushed by the anxiety of, well, it doesn't already exist. And that's understandable. It's understandable. As a society, that's how we bel- that's how we've what we've moved towards. We don't we don't focus on how you build community. Like we've basically our communities have been decimated over the course of I don't know forty or fifty years with television. <laughs> and I mean, I think the internet is someplace that's actually bringing it back. As difficult as the internet can feel and be on a regular basis, on a daily basis, but baseball. To bring it back to what I was originally talking about, something that I've been thinking about ever since I went to Baseball for All is the community that is built around uh, Justine Siegel's organization. Like these people, these teams were already starting. And then some of them started because of Baseball for All. Like both of those things have happened. And it has built a community that sees each other every time that time of year. So they have something to look forward to, but then they also have something to go home to. You know, that is like the twofold thing. And that's what community gives you. It gives you something outside of your home because you have a community in your home and then you have a community outside of your home. So you always have a community. If you have to leave your home or you want to leave your home, and I even mean just for the day, you have somewhere to go. That is something that is missing in the fabric of our country. And that's not to say that there aren't communities. I'm just saying, I know that that's something that I was missing in my childhood. And so I think I try to keep up with my neighborhood and where I'm from. And it seems to me that that's something that is still missing, although people are working very hard to bring those things back. I don't want to discount, you know, and just say, oh, everything's terrible. That's not my point. My point is, don't we all agree that this is something that's sort of gone by the wayside and everyone's sort of posted up in their homes and is, you know, either weary or afraid of each other. And if we just got out of our homes and spent time together, we would be off the internet. We would be off of TV, and we would stop believing what people were telling us all the time, and we would see it for our own eyeballs. I think baseball is a cornerstone of that community, and that is why I believe so strongly in, um, you know, allowing for everyone to play this sport. It's an outdoor sport. There's multiple fields at one place. 
Everybody comes there. It's the summertime. Sometimes we have more days off. We have time off. You know, those kinds of things. There's food. There's different places to hang out. There's carnivals around it. I think it's a very integral piece of community building in this country. You know, there's a big community around football. And you know my feelings about football. I'm not a huge fan of football. But I'm not going to deny the community. You know, there's a community that goes out every Friday night and supports that team. They support the boys. So what I, I what I would love to see is community building around, you know, ungendered sports communities. But for now, we have them. And Baseball for All is one of them. So, and speaking of, uh, you know, sort of gendered sports support, I was, I played in my league last yesterday or this past Sunday. I don't know when this is coming out. <laughs> so we're time traveling again. Um, played. Only had, you know, 1.5 temper flare-ups. And, you know, look, when that happens, I always pay a price. And I did pay a price, which is I threw my helmet on the ground and I hit my own foot. And I really fucked up my toenail. Like, bad. I didn't look at it for the whole game because I knew it was bad. Um, It wasn't bleeding, so I guess it wasn't that bad. But it hurts a lot. So that's what I get. I wasn't really mad at the field. I was mad at some other stuff and I took it out. That's okay. It happens. I won't do it again. But my team did win. Um, I made some contact finally. I haven't been hitting very well. And Justine is such a great friend because they said, can you teach me how to hit? And she said, you already know how to hit. We can work on it. I mean, what great coaching is that? Anyway, so then I came home and I was icing my foot because I also, not only did I hit my own foot, I was at second base and my left fielder uh, was running for a ball and like just you know, just barely missed it. It hit his wrist and he had like a huge egg like immediately, but he recovered the ball and then fired a laser into me, probably 60 miles an hour. Um, and I tried to catch it, but I just missed it because I was trying to make the tag. You know, you know how you do, you mess up and it just, my foot totally caught the ball. Like it hit just above my like pinky on the top side of my foot and it hurt like hell. And I know it was bad because my center fielder was like, you all right? I can hear that all the way back here. <laughs> so uh, my foot hurts pretty bad today. And then I got in the car and remembered, oh, right, I drive stick. So that was difficult. But I don't think I broke it. I immediately was thinking, oh, I should probably tell whoever is dealing with me at the hospital, if I do, in fact, go get an x-ray for this, that I dropped a pan on my foot. Because even having insurance, you still have to like, worry about, well, are they going to tell my insurance company that I was doing something recreationally and then I got hurt? Because I honestly feel like insurance will drop you for that reason. (sighs) Anyway, so I got home. I iced my foot. I turned on my classic Sunday night TV show, ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, which was the Mets versus the Phillies at the Little League Stadium, which has a very ridiculous name that I've already forgotten for, like, you know, trauma purposes. Um... And they were wearing those player weekend jerseys, which, ridiculous. Um, They look like shit. I don't like them. Sorry if you like them, but I don't like them. I think they look terrible. Um, Which reminds me, there was a fucking Osuna player jersey that they made in a women's cut, which really made me reconsider my love of Major League Baseball. Like, honestly, I still am like, I don't know about this. I don't know that I want to buy anything that gives them money anymore. Like, for real. It's really upsetting. And the his name was Don't Panic. Fucking disgust. Like, actually disgusting. 
actually disgusting. So I was watching this game at this little league thing and everybody's mic'd up and you could hear all these kids cheering and there's like kids behind the And I'm like having this great experience that like, oh man, these kids get to, and then I'm just like, oh, but there's no girls. Like there's a handful. I didn't see any girls in like uniforms. I haven't seen any girls pop up in the thing. That's not to say that they aren't playing, but like, just imagine, imagine what that's like. Imagine that. And like, I don't know. Girls don't get that. And you can nitpick me and you can say like, oh, well, there's this and there's that. There's not that. There's not uh, Reese Hoskins sitting with you and being stoked to sit with you because you had like a, a viral video about how you hit dingers or whatever. There's not, it doesn't happen. It's not happening because girls don't get to play baseball. Not for the Little League World Series, maybe one or two or here and there. There's not girls teams. So like, it just infuriates me to have to watch a thing that I'm I'm always excluded from and like m- <laughs> me as a child is excluded from I don't know it's frustrating it's frustrating so anyway I'm going to do let's hey this seems like a good place for an ad break and then I'll come back with some some thoughts around the league that aren't going to be as triggering for me right after this <laughs> HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. There's something for everyone with HelloFresh's selection. Three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family. You know I go with veggie. Make family dinners fuss-free with HelloFresh's picky eater kit-tested and approved family plan recipes. And each week, there's a 20-minute meal on the classic menu for when you really don't have more time than that. And that is often. Am I right? Rediscover the excitement of cooking. Feel confident when cooking HelloFresh with the simple recipes outlined on pictured step-by-step instruction cards. It cannot get easier than that. It helps a cook like me just know exactly what to do all the time. And enjoy not having to plan dinner, spend money on takeout for an easy night, or worry about gathering ingredients week after week. HelloFresh believes cooking should be simple and convenient, not a chore. You won't spend all night in the kitchen because recipes only take around 30 minutes. Lots of one-pot recipes for seriously speedy cooking and minimal cleanup, and cooking becomes something you actually want to do when you get home from work. It's a fun little activity. There are many benefits of subscribing, so you can keep enjoying HelloFresh week after week. You get delicious, filling meals delivered right to your door every week for less than $10 per serving and free shipping. Your account is super easy to manage, with the ability to choose your delivery date to match your ever-changing schedule, and pause deliveries whenever you're on vacation. Get out of that recipe rut and start cooking outside of your comfort zone by discovering new, Delicious recipes in each week's box. I have really loved using HelloFresh myself. It's been wonderful. I love doing it after work. It's a nice little activity to sort of get me out of my mindset of work and start thinking about other things that I need to do in my life. And one of my favorite meals was a tortilla-based little ensemble, kind of a enchiladas, flautas kind of a thing. I really loved it. It was a lot of fun. And it's so easy to clean up. Everything's right there. You know exactly how much you need. You can check off boxes. Lord, do I love checking off boxes. HelloFresh is absolutely, hands down, my favorite delivery service. So for a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Baseball60 and enter promo code Baseball60. That's HelloFresh.com slash Baseball60 and the promo code Baseball60. All right, we're back. 
Going to talk about some division races. So the Dodgers were supposed to run away with the NL West, and then they absolutely are not. These are the notes from my lovely bench coach, Brett. When LA picked up Manny Machado and Brian Dozier at the trade deadline, they were leading the division by a game and a half, and all signs pointed to them marching into the postseason without much difficulty. But since then, they've hit a slump, including several bad losses in close games. They went... They went on a five-game skid, I believe. On August 11th and 12th, they lost consecutive games on walk-offs to the Rockies. The first was a two-out homer. The second was a bases-loaded walk. On August 13th, the Giants rallied to beat them at home with four runs in the ninth. I watched that game. It was pretty terrible. That's about as bad a three-day stretch as you can have. Since then, they've rallied a little bit, including a 12-1 drubbing of the Mariners. But then the day after, they lost on a balk-off, which is pretty a pretty awful way to lose a game. Uh, but they still sit in third place in the division, two games back from the Diamondbacks and 1.5 games back from the wild card. What happened, and is it possible that the Dodgers don't make the playoffs this year? One thing to keep in mind, the Dodgers have the eighth easiest remaining schedule, including series against the Rangers, Mets, Reds, and two series against the Padres. I wonder... I'm hesitant. Usually I like to make predictions, but the Dodgers love to have terrible Augusts. I don't know if y'all who are Dodger fans or followed the Dodgers at all last year, they had a horrific August last year, starting on or about losing Rich Hill's perfect game for him. So if they can keep it to just this five-game skid and win most of these games, I think they'll be all right. But... Their pitching is limping right now, and their bullpen is questionable. They have lost a lot of players. I don't know that this team has what it takes to make it to the World Series this year. I am sorry. I'm a fan of this team, but I don't know that they've got the same magic going that they did last year. Manny Machado is not hitting. He's just not. Something that's wild is that Logan Forsyth was traded to the Twins for Brian Dozier, He's been hitting leadoff now. He went five for five. He's hitting 400. Like, that is what's going on. I I personally think that Dave Roberts meddles too much and doesn't ride a hot hand enough. Like, you've got these other dudes. Ride the hot hand. Play Play what's working. Stop focusing on matchups so much and just play the hitters that are hot. Don't bench them and make them go cold and then go, what's wrong? Like, just... Play a hot hand until you're a couple games up. That's what everybody else is doing. I don't know if you're paying attention, but everybody else is doing that. The Rockies aren't platooning at second and third every day, every two days. Like, just play who's hitting. And then, and like, take some pressure off of your bullpen and your starters so that they can get in a groove. And then once that happens, then start platooning again and get those second string guys warmed back up again, rest your hot hands, and then go into the postseason with that. That's what I think works. But hey, I only called the Phillies and the A's being good teams this year. What do I know? And speaking of the A's, the A's are only a game behind the Astros, and they just took two out of three from them last week. It seemed unlikely until recently, but would it surprise you now if the AL wildcard game ends up being the Astros at New York Yankees? And would that be the most powerhouse wildcard game ever? I was just talking about this at my game yesterday. I said I would love nothing more than the Astros to have to play a wild card game this year, just on principle alone. I'm unsure, though. The Yankees seem to be a little bit off 
kilter right now. So there's a chance that the Astros just beat the Yankees, but have to be humbled into a wild card spot. I mean, I just think like the A's have all the pieces. They do. They have all the pieces. And then I'm still mad at them for picking up Familia. I'm not going to drop that. But they bought up all the they bought up all the closers. I mean, they have a bunch of closers and nobody else does. It's a strategy. I think it's a great strategy. Like they gave away their Billy gave away his whole strategy. Now everybody else uses it. None more so than the Houston Astros. So you got to come up with a new strategy. So what's your strategy? Everybody needs bullpen help at the deadline. Buy up all the bullpen. (laughs) Sounds good to me. I mean, you're getting out ahead of everybody else and saying, well, we've got four closers now. So, and one of them is in top 10. I mean, I think it would be a wild, wild card game. And I would be all about it. I would be very excited about it. The Red Sox have won 88 games. The next best team, the Yankees, have won 78. In a year that seems like it has multiple contenders, is Boston somehow flying under the radar for how dominant they've been? That's a good question. I'm not sure that they're necessarily flying under the radar, but maybe people aren't taking them as seriously as they should. It's a little strange. Maybe it's just the Boston of it all. I'm not sure. People like love the, like baseball, and I mean baseball TM, like Major League Baseball, MLB Network, whatever. They like love the Yankees right now. So that's the story they want to tell. And the Yankees have a bunch of rookies, I guess. So that's a good story to tell. Um, as compared to Boston, who just has like probably one of the most exciting guys to watch play baseball right now in Mookie Betts. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm unsure. It's totally true, but I don't know that I can put my finger on why they're quote flying under, under the radar so much. I mean, I think Cleveland is also flying under the radar in that they're winning a lot and nobody really cares because they're in a very uncompetitive division. Um, but I'm curious Trevor Bauer's now out until the postseason, basically. So I'm curious to see how that turns out because that I think is a huge, well, I mean, they're going to win their division, but their biggest problem has always been their starting rotation in the postseason, and they're losing Trevor Bauer again, which is a big problem. So the red, here's the Red Sox, uh, overall hitting rankings. They're second in the American league in batting average at 331, first in AL and home runs with 38. That doesn't seem right. I think they they have they have a player with the most home runs in the American League with 38 in JD Martinez. I believe that's what that is. Uh first in AL and RBI uh with 106. I believe this is a player. Third in AL with runs with 92. First in AL in slugging with 662. And third in AL in uh OPS, which is 1.06. Four and JD Martinez would be a legit contender for the triple crown if his own teammate Mookie Betts wasn't beating him for the batting crown. Martinez leads the league in home runs and RBI and is second in batting average. I mean, that's just bonkers. Basically, or realistically speaking, is anyone capable of stopping the Red Sox from slugging their way to the World Series? I think that the Houston Astros are capable of this, and I think that the Cleveland starting rotation is capable of this, but I think that they're pretty solid in terms of at least winning the American League championship. And then who in the who in the NL could beat the Boston Red Sox? I don't know. The Cubs? I don't think so. Anyway, I'm not making any World Series predictions tonight. I'm just not going to do it. 
what uh, what other division races are interesting to you? What about the NL East? Pretty much the NL East. I've checked out of the Central race for multiple reasons. Um, the NL West. I mean, I'm mostly excited about the NL and the, the AL West, like the most exciting races because they're so tight. Um, but I'm really curious about what's going to happen in the NL East because the Phillies are hanging in there like I said they would. I wish everyone would just listen to me for once. So that's what I'm looking at. I mean, if I had to, if I thought if the postseason started tomorrow, I would say that it would be Boston and Chicago and the MLB would lose its goddamn mind for that. So you're welcome. Um, and I don't like to say that Chicago is going to be in the World Series again. You know, this pains me more than almost anything else, but that is my prediction because I think that's what it would happen unless Acuna takes off, but we'll see. Anyway, I'll be right back after this and I'll talk about Acuna just a little bit more right after this. Oh boy, oh boy, Tomboy X, my favorite underwear company on the planet. They make everything that I wear every day. If I could wear just Tomboy X underwear around, I would do it. Sometimes I do that in my house, but only in my house, not anywhere else. That's what I love about Tomboy X. Everything they make, I would wear. I love their products because they make me feel good. It feels like underwear I should be wearing. I should have come out of the birth canal wearing this Tomboy X. You know what I mean? So stop wearing underwear with more frills and function or that underwear your mom got you to fem you up. Don't do it anymore. It's underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself. They make bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks and boy shorts, soft bras, racerback bras, and everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints, and brilliant colors. And as you know, all options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that any body feels good in. Go to TomboyX.com slash baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And Three Swings listeners get an extra 15% off. That's right, 15% off with code baseball. Again, code baseball for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear, but make sure you get the Tomboy X in the mail first before you ditch what you're wearing because then you won't have any underwear. So go to TomboyX.com slash baseball right now. Okay, we're back, and I just want to talk about uh, one quick rosin bag. This one's this episode's going to be a quick one because I'm getting back on the horse, trying to fit everything in my life into everything in my life. Does that make sense to everybody? I don't know. Just trying to finish my throw, you know? I got a note the other day when I was playing, you're not finishing your throw. Yeah, I'm not finishing my throw. Ever feel like you're just not finishing your throw? Like you get halfway there, and then you're just like, I can't, and then you stop. It's tough. Life is... Life is tough. It really is. I mean, I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> to quote a movie, if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. It's supposed to be hard. The hard is what makes it great. That, I think, is the better quote from that movie. So, Ryan Andrews. I don't know why I said it like that. Ryan Andrews at Neo AC 18 Really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the Urena Acuna incident. I know how passionate you've gotten on this beanball subject and the toxic culture that created it. So I want to know we sh I want to know we share feelings on what needs to be done in regards to it. What if I didn't agree with you? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a couple things here which is interesting. Um, I mean, I've said before that I like fights in baseball because I think sometimes you got to fight. Like so, the Huntley Puig dust up. Like 
Look, man, I think Puig was justified. I've been to Dodger Giant games. That sh- tension is high, but here's the thing. Like, that fight, I stand by that fight. The whole culture around that thing, I don't like. Like, I think the Giants-Dodgers shit is some bullshit that needs to be reined in because it's like, number one, it's fake. Number two, sorry. Number two, like, you're participating in a toxic culture just because. And, like, I know I walked into this situation, but who better to talk about that situation than somebody that's not part of it? Like, from the outside, it's bonkers. People are... Somebody was killed over this thing. Like, that is too much, you know? And they just literally imported the rivalry, you know? They just moved it from one coast to the other. So it doesn't have any roots in anything other than they wanted you to do this. So that's why I'm like, maybe we take a couple steps back. But I really don't like the way that the Giants treat Puig specifically. They treat him like a child, and I don't like it. Because I I don't like it because other other players, other teams, the MLB in general, announcers on ESPN and MLB Network all love to talk shit about Puig. And like, who can't, what? Stop it. Like, I've literally never heard anybody talk shit about the way a white player plays. I mean, just legitimately never. Haven't heard it. Not a single time. I don't remember anybody talking about how disgusting it was to watch Lenny Dykstra flop a plug of chew out of his face into the water fountain during a Phillies game. I just didn't hear it. I mean, I heard my grandmother talk about it, but I didn't hear anybody on TV talk about it. It was like funny and stupid. And that's what baseball's like. Yeah, that's what baseball's like. Sometimes there's a guy that loves baseball so much he licks his bat. Who gives a shit? He likes to play baseball. He's really good at it. As long as somebody's not, like, giving the finger and saying slurs and stuff, like, let them play. Oh, wait, there's a bunch of players that's that, like, use slurs and bigoted language, and you guys don't seem to care. So maybe shut the hell up about the way guys play on the field. So that also brings up to me Juan Soto and that Braves dude... Sorry, that Atlanta announcer saying, like, there's no way this guy's 19 and how, like, I hope all of you can see how coded that language is and how ridiculous it is and how awful it is that, like, I'm so tired of that dog whistly shit of, oh, this, like, he's 19. He's 19 and he's really good at baseball. So to get back to the beanball of it, I think, I mean, look, I don't... (laughs) Number one, don't throw it anybody's head. I don't think he threw it anybody's head. I think that there are sometimes times where I understand why a pitcher throws at somebody. When, if, <laughs> if there is a first strike physically against violently against one of your teammates, and so you get up there and you throw at them, I get that. I do. I'm not going to stand by it, but I understand why you would do it. Also, there's the amount of, you could do pull the Rich Hill and do what Rich Hill did during the World Series and step off the mound and let the let the crowd take care of it for you. But what Urania did was not okay because they legit just hit him because he was playing so well. And that sucks. That really sucks. Like, what if he ha- broke his elbow and he was out for the rest of the year? And then Urena only gets six games. Like, that's nothing to a starting pitcher. That's how much you would rest anyway. I think there needs to be sharper fines for pitchers with taking into account the fact that they don't play every day. So, like, a six-game suspension should be six spots in the rotation, actually. Like, six starts. So, however many days that is. uh, 40 days or something? I mean, they should definitely have that long of a suspension. 
But I think we agree. <laughs> That's probably what you think, too. I think it's sad and it's not a good culture to keep in baseball. It reminds me of, you know, we had a lot of conversation earlier in the season when Anthony Rizzo, like, slid inside the baseline to take out, it wasn't Cervelli, it was somebody else, because I think Cervelli was on the DL for the Pirates, the catcher for the Pirates. He was trying to make a double play, and Anthony Rizzo slid inside the line to take him out, which is against the rules that they made to protect catchers from getting concussions every freaking game. And then the Pirates retaliated, and it was just the whole thing. And, like, if Anthony Rizzo just followed the rules, then they w- there wouldn't be any retaliation because he does it all the time. And to me, that's the same thing as, like, this beaning Urena, like you're, or beaning Acuna. Like, you're doing something to take somebody else out so that you can win the game. And I just, I, I grew up on dirty baseball. I did. I grew up on big slides on second base. Chase Utley did it. He was really good at it. It has a strategy. I understand the strategy, and there's a part of me that likes it. But we've all decided as a community and as a culture that these guys play this game, and they get very hurt. And this is not about, like, oh, be a man. Like, we're talking about, like, severe damage for the rest of their lives. We're talking about concussions. And then Chase Utley broke somebody's leg, and so they were like, all right, this can't happen anymore. And now it doesn't. So let's change it. I mean, I would much rather get rid of aggressively beaning guys and potentially ending their careers than a robot strike zone. Although I'm sure Ben Zobrist would have a bone to pick with me over that. I don't know. I mean, look, you're going to get hurt playing sports. My only thing is, could we try to have people get less hurt playing sports? That's all. You can never fully remove injury from sports because that's... It's just impossible. But could we try to have people get less hurt? That's what I think. I mean, I'm just trying to spend my life uh, making people get less hurt. <laughs> That's my mantra, you know, aside from kindness, forgiveness, and understanding. I just am trying to make things so that we get less hurt. You can never remove hurt because that's kind of life. You kind of have to live life. And the living of life means you must endure pain to live it. So we can't remove pain. You never can. You can't. Even if you think like, if I had all the money in the world, everything would be better. Sure. But you would still have to live your life and you would just have a lot of money to do it. But I don't know that you would be removed from pain. Pain makes you stronger. It's a cliche. And a lot of people think of it in a very two-dimensional way, which is like you you are hurt and then you don't get hurt. That's not actually what it is. You f- you endure the pain, you live the pain, you face the pain, you try to understand the pain, you forgive the pain, and then you have kindness the next time the pain comes back into your life. So, I say all of those things to simply say that Acuna should not have had to go on the DL when he was hitting leadoff home runs every game for three or four games, however many it was, just because the Miami Marlins were pissed off. Life isn't fair. But that was super unfair. And it's rolling the dice with somebody else's body and somebody else's life. So I disagree with it. And those are my thoughts on baseball for this week. I'm excited about the postseason because it's kind of, I feel like it's maybe a toss-up. I do really think the Boston Red Sox are probably going to pull it out this year. But there's a lot of good teams. There's a lot of good pieces. And like I said, watch out for those A's. So this has been Three Swings. 
with Rhea Butcher. I am said Rhea Butcher. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. We don't post super often, so we're not going to clog up your feed. Um, and like I was saying earlier on in the episode, the grassroots movement of it all, if you like this podcast, let somebody know. Some people have been tagging me in Twitter. I really appreciate that. You don't have to do that. And I also mean just like telling somebody in your life. What do you think about it? Let them know that you like the podcast. Maybe they should listen to it. Check it out. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Rhea Butcher. I'm also on Instagram with the same handle. Give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, whatever you use to listen to this whole dang thing. And as always, if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.